You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at Rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? So glad you're back with me again today. Excited to have this conversation as, you know, this topic is one that not only am I passionate about, but I've got to share uh, on stages around the world. And uh, it's one I I really think is essential here in the uh, amazing uh, NFT community that we, you know, all love to play in. Uh, and I wanted to give a you know a, a quick shout out when we start off the you know each one of these episodes. Uh, we actually minted for uh, our project uh, day before yesterday, uh, as we're recording these, um, the a project called the Land DAO. And uh, I'm going to tell you, you we're, I'm working with two different projects, um, DAO projects. Uh, over the next, let's say, 60 days or so. Uh, and I'll be bringing on someone that is more of an expert in the DAO space, understanding a lot of the nuances. Uh, remember, it's the, you know, a DAO stands for that, you know, decentralized autonomous organization. Uh, and really, it's this idea of, you know, in many ways, uh, a startup, a, a freestyle startup with that has you know some of that automation and things that are built in that lives on the blockchain. Uh, and the project, the Landau, I thought was really interesting in their approach to you know where NFTs fall in there. So definitely uh, check them out if you guys are interested. We we uh, minted them uh, the other day. Now on this episode, you know one of the things that I I've believed in uh, at my core since really since 2013. Uh, And it's something that, you know, not only has benefited me, but it's something that I am very strategic with. And many of you guys know I'm, uh, I love data and I'm very big into social engineering and understanding the psychology of interactions and the human condition. Um, And I will tell you, you know, our most popular uh, podcast episode so far to this day um, is the episode about uh, reading nonverbal cues uh, on uh, within the NFT space. Uh, and I really focus a lot about this idea of understanding, uh, you know, where people are making moves, what, you know, what are the, the whales doing, you know, how can you monitor wallets and so on. But, you know, one of the, the other aspects of, you know, NFTs really about Web3 as a whole is the people aspect, right? And we can talk a lot about community. We can talk a lot about um, the, you know, the value of utility and, and so on. But when it comes down to it, you know, so much of knowing which projects to be a part of and which products, products or projects are worth being a part of comes down to the narrative of the people, right? And let's face it, you know, we have learned a lot in this global pandemic. And one of the big things I believe we've taken away is we've had like a new, you know, really a new approach. We, we, were, we were forced to pause and in many ways isolate from our friends, our family, our coworkers, and I think what stood out to me especially was the need for surrounding myself 
with people that not only know what I don't know, but surrounding myself with people that will hold me accountable, but also lift me up and, and know that they'll be there for me. And most of you know I have ADHD. I was diagnosed uh, at 31 years old. I was recently diagnosed with uh, dyslexia as well. And and for me, I am I'm proudly neurodiverse. I actually think part of the reason I'm able to do this podcast and I'm able to you know uh, buy an NFT every single day and I'm also able to you know run my my speaking business um, has to do with my neurodiversity and and turning that neurodiversity into my superpower. But I want to just caveat and tell you that, you know, that doesn't mean that I figured out how to solve ADHD. ADHD impacts my life every minute of every day. And, you know, one of the things that really, you know, rears its head in my life is uh, this idea of a rejection sensitivity uh, you can call it whatever rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Uh, and really what that comes down to is for so much of our lives, those of us that are neurodiverse, um, we've we've been told that like, you know, we're broken or we've been, you know, I, the thing that I was always told is like, Brian, why can't you just do what everyone else does? Or Brian, you know, everyone else is getting it done. Why don't you just do it? And the funny thing or not funny thing, but the truth is I've always wanted to do it. I wanted to do what everyone else did or how they did it. But that's just not how, how my brain works. And so over all of these years, we've almost built we've built up this rejection sensitivity, where I you know it is something that that you know consumes me in many ways, and and I'm putting this out there because when most people look at me, and maybe you're watching on the video podcast, maybe you're listening in your ear hole, uh, maybe you've seen me on stages around the world, you know they assume as I'm very extroverted, I am very passionate, I am very loud, I'm very talkative, um, I'm very love life and, and everything it has to offer. A lot of people assume that means that I don't suffer from some of the things like rejection sensitivity disorder. But the truth is, I have my entire life. You know, I remember many scenarios where, you know, I played college hockey um, and if the college hockey coach was yelling or screaming at me and, and isolating me about something that I screwed up, so a mistake that I made on the ice, um, my reaction was often to cry. I would actually just start bawling. And I had done that since I was nine, 10 years old. Uh, and I hated it. I, I despised the fact that I was, you know, the, the kid who was, on all the teams was very good at sports, but whenever um, I was, you know, was yelled at or whenever I, I, I you know, I, I asked for something, and I didn't get it. Um, I would often get emotional and I'm very thankful for part of that because, you know, for many of us that are neurodiverse, they don't have that outlet or comfort. You know, I became okay with kids calling, you know, you know, kids being shocked that I was crying, right? Because, I also knew that I, I could, you know, take my deep breaths, compartmentalize, get back on the ice and score the goal or do something bigger and better. And I never let that get to me. But I know for so many, they body, you know, they bottle that in. And the reason I, I kind of share that is, you know, I want everyone to kind of recognize that, you know, what we see on the surface or what we assume about our fellow people, not always is that the case, right? 
most people wouldn't recognize or wouldn't believe that for me, like small talk on an airplane when uh, someone sits next to me is something that I don't look forward to. It's actually something I despise. It's, it's something that I, I've always bothered me. It's, it always felt like a, a waste and like a, a chore. Yet, you know, you put me around a friends or give me a microphone or I jump on a Twitter space and you can't get me to shut up, right? And I, the, I think it's such an important thing for us to realize that you know, we often don't know what's happening below the surface or offline or why we're saying or doing certain things. And so, yes, you know, uh, and so if you are, you know, fellow neurodiverse uh, individuals, first of all, you know, welcome and uh, proud to have you as a, as a super powered individual. Um, but, you know, I, I say that because, you know, I really wanted to dial into this idea of, you know, using our social equity or our social currency or in many cases, it's using, you know, it's building up your goodwill based on caring about someone else or amplifying someone else so that you can, you know, ultimately make an ask. And, and, and the best way, you know, the, I, I would tell you the, the books that are behind me on the shelf over there, uh, I have more versions of Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, I still think it's probably one of the most important books for anyone to read um, that wants to get better at social media or content marketing. But the concept of Jab, 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 Right Hook is the jabs are you giving, right? So it's you giving, you giving, you giving. And then your right hook is when you make the ask. And it sounds very easy, but for so many people, especially in this NFT space right now, they aren't willing to do the jab, 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 right hook. They go with the right hook, right hook, uppercut, uppercut, and then they complain, cry in the corner because they didn't get what they wanted. That person didn't retweet them. That NFT project didn't put them on the whitelist. And here's the thing. When you make it about me, 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 and ask, 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 it's like crying wolf. It, we, we not only does it get tuned out, but we are so inundated with that that it is beyond annoying and it is beyond lazy in my personal opinion. And so here's the thing, like, you know, the amount of direct messages that we've been getting because this podcast has kind of taken off and I'm very thankful for everybody that, you know, has been a part of this, you know, we're now, you know, top 40 uh, podcasts over there on, on Apple uh, podcast. Now, you know, I'm getting inundated with requests on Brian, look at my project for Mint 365. Brian, I should be a guest on your podcast. I even got three people, um, and you know, no offense, I'm not going to call people his names out, but you know, three people that I asked in November if they would be a guest on the podcast, uh, and two of the three didn't get back to me. One of them said no, they weren't interested. They had other things they needed to do, and all. And three of those people came back in the last 24 hours and saying, Brian, how do I get on your podcast? And uh, you can wait in line uh, at the end, right? Because uh, for me, that you know, you know, our actions and how we act about people not only matters, but you know, we can't just be there or want people whenever they're at the top or they're successful. And so, the jab, 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 right hook concept is so overlooked. But it's also overlooked how we approach people when we want them to do something for us. And so, here's one of the things that I want to just stress is that if you want, and this goes, this is a life lesson, this isn't an NFT lesson, but it works in NFTs too. If you want someone to give, you want to give someone the most likelihood to say yes to whatever you're asking for, here's what you must take into consideration. You must communicate with them how they prefer to be communicated with, 
not with what your preferred communication is, right? As a keynote speaker, trust me, I despise email. I love every other form of communication over email, maybe even picking up the phone more than I like email. But I also know for the speaking bureaus and these events that hire me, majority of them are want our communication done via email. And if I want to get hired to speak at these events and these companies and do, do these workshops with these different associations around the world, then I have to communicate in the form that they want to communicate with. And so when you think about that and you think about things like in the NFT space, Discord DMs are overrun with spam and, and so many you know, people that are trying to uh, you know, get you to click on a link so they can steal your wallet. If you're going out of your way and DMing people that you want to you know, do something for you, there's not probably a very high likelihood of them actually A, replying or B, saying yes because that channel is so filled with so much noise and, and, and really just clouds us all up. Now, I'll say there's a little bit of a caveat to that because I've told everybody that's in our Discord, um, NFT365 for you know, our Discord. I'll make sure you know, the link is in the show notes. I've told them that they can friend request me. If you're in my Discord and you've, um, you've, you've verified yourself, you've connected your, uh, your Discord account to your rally.io account, um, feel free to you know, hit me up with a friend request on Discord. I'll accept it, and then your DMs will actually get through. But the reason I use that as an example or use that as a thing is that, I mean, the amount of asks that I get is, is ridiculous. But Let's like look at someone that is way people that are way bigger than myself, right? And there are so many. You know, I am not someone that is, um, you know, that you know, big or popular. But I, you know, I have influence, and I also know that people want my attention. And so, when you're thinking about this idea of like, how do I get on that person's radar? Here's what you have to realize: it's not about you. What you should be doing, and this is what I do every single day, and I cannot stress this enough. Every day. You know, like I have a list of people on a, on, it's actually on my iPhone notes. And then I have a list um, in an air table as well of people that I want to get on their radar. And what I do, what my goal is, is I have a simple phrase, show you care. My goal is to care more about them than what everyone else cares about them. So that whenever I go to make an ask, or in many cases, I don't even have to make the ask. They'll actually come to me and be like, Brian, thanks so much for supporting my book launch. Uh, you know, it was so stressful. And I love that you just, you were amplifying everything and celebrating me. And you didn't even, you know, ask me any questions or take up any of my time. You know, what can I do for you, Brian? Wow. I'm talking game changer, right? Rather than me knocking down their door to maybe get them on the podcast or get them to look at my project or to get them to be open to getting on a phone call, Rather than me having to convince them, they're coming to me and saying, Brian, thank you, thank you. How, what can I do for you? And then I just simply say, oh, I'd love to get on a phone call. Let's chat about you know, some things we have going on. Bam, they say yes. And so I will tell you, NFT projects, for the most part, you suck. You suck at social media. You, you focus on vanity metrics. You focus on giveaways. You focus on you know, ridiculous over promotions. And you don't do two things that I think every social channel needs to do better. And if you're working on a project, you're a part of a project, or if you're a collector, these are the things we have to look for. What social accounts for projects are A, following the people that are holding their NFT? Because, I mean, following people back on Twitter, especially, um, 
most people don't even follow enough people on Twitter, let alone follow people back. And if it's your project and these are the people that bought your NFT, you really have no excuse not to be following them. Like it's almost to me laughable because you can say, I don't want to like, you know, uh, I don't want to ma- deal with my feed being that noisy, but like how many of you are actually looking in your projects, Twitter feed on a regular basis? Most of you aren't. You just go look at mentions and you reply and then you're on your personal account whenever you're searching through your feed. So I, I think one of the things we have to do is we have to, I look at how many times does the, does a project account reply to their, the other people's tweets, reply to their community's tweets to you know, support other tweets. The other thing I like to look at when it comes to like that element of social and, and social um, you know, good and social reaction is how many projects and how many people celebrate others. To me, this is a telltale sign. And I tell you what, go look at some of the biggest names, biggest names, I'll, I'll air quote biggest names in the NFT space and look at their feed And I bet you they only amplify two people that aren't themselves. They're 1% best friends and the projects that are already in their bag. And I think that's shameful. I believe if you, if you preach about NFT community and you talk about how much you care about people and you want everyone to win and use wag me everywhere, right? We're all going to make it right. That's what wag me stands for. You, if you preach that, you also have to be willing to engage with everyone and amplify more people and really put more people's in the spotlight just because maybe they're not in your bag or they're not something that is on your radar. Now, with all of that being said, I will tell you a lot of projects you know, do a really bad job of reaching out. Now, I had an exception to the rule this week, and it's a project that I will tell you in the last 24 hours or so I've fallen in love with, and it had to do with a very well-written tweet and ultimately a jab that, that didn't even really have a right hook other than to say, check us out. And this is actually the project we minted for Mint 365, so it kind of plays all nicely. But I will tell you, this is the very first, right? Very first project that has done the reach out so much so they got on my radar and then we ended up minting them that day first time. And I will tell you that the the tweet was actually not a public tweet. And it wasn't just a reply. They they, they didn't like just go to my account and hit at sign. Here's what they did. And this is what this is where the magic is. We can all learn from this in social using our social currency and our social equity. They I had I had posted a tweet. I'm actually going to tell you what I posted a tweet announcing that our podcast had moved from being ranked number 48 to being ranked number 42 on Spotify. And this, this project, I'm not going to tell you the name of the project yet, this project replied to that tweet. So first of all, I like that strategy, right? You're not just randomly, you know, at mentioning me, you're looking at one of my pieces of content. And they, the tweet that they replied to said, bro, we are literally, uh, we literally are the embodiment of everything you stand for. All right, you got my attention. But first of all, I'm like, oh man, this is like those people, you know, I, I did a podcast for four years. Never had one guest. It was a solo podcast for four years. You guys can check it out. It's called FOMO Fans. Do you know how many daily requests I got from podcast uh, you know, coaches or podcast guest PR services that said, Brian, we love your podcast. It's our favorite podcast. We love your guest lineup. Here's a guest we think you should have on FOMO Fans. You know when I started replying back to them was? 
uh, have you ever listened to my podcast? And many times they reply back, we have, Brian, we are big fans. Well, if you had listened to maybe just one episode or read maybe the podcast description, it says it is a solo podcast. Now, funny enough, I had a second podcast, which was called Press the Damn Button, that they could have requested be a guest on. But if you see how lazy that is, do you see how annoying that is from our side that someone doesn't even take the time to recognize that my podcast, yes, it might be ranked. Yes, it might be popular, but no, I don't have guests. And so when I see these outreaches, first of all, when they said, okay, Brian, you, you embodiment everything we stand for. I'm like, okay, cool. But there, here's what they said. It said, come check us out. We host daily podcasts in our, our Discord and in our community, and it's unparalleled to any other. We'd be happy for you to come in anytime. Now, they included their, their, their uh, you know, at sign, um, and they also made sure to, uh, you know, add in, uh, you know, a picture of their art. Now, I will tell you that the name of this project is the Wild Goat Gang, uh, and they're the Wild Goat Gang NFT over on Twitter. I'll make sure to put the notes in, tw- um, in, the, in the show notes. But this wasn't just what they did, and, and they just posted this tweet. What they did was they posted the tweet, and then what I did was I, I looked at it. I'm like, okay. They got my attention. I said, hey, I'm going to look at, at this Goat Gang. I'm going to add it to my list of projects um, that we're going to consider. Now, what, what I felt was beautiful, and, and I don't care how the strategy goes in the back end, is that part of their people in their community started replying to me, right? And they said, uh, this was Jake. It says Jake from State Farm. Well played. Uh, you know, he says, Brian, join the family. You will understand why we have the most amazing community behind this ever. And then another one said, hey, we would love to host you in our, in our Discord. We do daily Discords. You know, and then I got a couple of messages from the founders and artists that just said, hey, Brian, you know, we just want to thank you because your podcast on slow burn NFT projects gave us hope and light and like, you know, re, you know really gave them the, the, the ammo and firepower to stick to the plan that they had. Well, as soon as I heard that, I was like, wow. So they listened to my podcast episode and not only did they listen to it, but it resonated and then they shared it into their discord because guess what I did? I was like, oh, okay, guess what? Nothing on the blockchain, you know, if it's on the blockchain, the blockchain don't lie. I opened up their Discord, I joined the Discord server, and then I went and looked in their announcements and their links in their, in their Discord channel, and guess what they had done in their Discord channel? They had posted an entire post in their announcements and said, hey, guys, those that love that podcast episode we shared, here's this guy's Twitter, here's this guy's Instagram, here's this guy's podcast, go check it out, he embodies what we are about. Well, first of all, now you got my attention because not only do I know that you listen to my podcast, but you're actually backing up what you're telling me in public because so many people will tell me, Brian, I'm a biggest fan of yours for forever. Like I got, I got two DMs this morning, Brian, huge fans of yours. Love all of your content on Twitter. Would love if you could check out our project. Uh, I clicked on their account. They're not even following me on Twitter. Like, do you know how much time it takes to hit follow? Oh, and, and, and here's some breaking news. This is a very futurist um, breaking news for all of those that are listening, and I'm going to get back into the goats in a second. I know ETH has been up and down, but here's the thing. Following somebody on Twitter and retweeting someone on Twitter or even pressing the heart button on Twitter, do you know how much ETH that costs today? It costs zero ETH. And actually, there's no gas fees as well. 
and it costs zero ETH tomorrow, and it costs zero ETH yesterday. The idea that we don't even follow, retweet, or like, yet we want someone to give us their time and attention, which is the number one resource that no money can buy. The laziness that we have become accustomed to when it comes to outreach and engagement is ridiculous. And I will tell you, when I told you guys my mantra earlier, right, that you were listening, show you care. Here's the funny thing about show you care. The bar is pretty low. Most people don't care that much. They'll read one or two tweets. They'll, 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 you know, maybe, you know, maybe they will like or follow something, but very little. Like, I want to go so far as I want to go look at their blog posts. I want to go look at their other social channels. I want to get to know them. So when I make the outreach, when I make the ask, when I, when I, when I finally get their attention, I want to show them that I care as much as I want them to care about me. And so I will tell you, I jumped into that Goat Gang uh, Discord, and not only did I see that they had promoted that, but I, I posted in the Discord, like, hey, guys, we're going to check out your project. And the amount of people that were not, not just welcoming me for, like, welcoming sake, like we've seen a lot of Discord servers, but they were genuinely like, saying thank you for the podcast episode, and they were quoting me back for what, what had happened in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the actual channel. And so I went back to my, my, my spreadsheet and I was like, okay, this looks like a really good community. I like the art, love their outreach. I'm going to have to check out this project. And then what happened was I was on a Twitter space a little bit later on that day. Twitter space ended up rugging because sometimes Twitter spaces just crash. And someone in their community had tweeted and said, hey, we're doing an open mic in our Discord channel. Love for you to stop by and say hi. And I was like, you know what? I got 10 minutes before my next call. I'm going to jump over into the Discord, and I'll say hi. And I, I want to hear these founders of this project. And I clicked on the channel, and within seconds, I was like, wow. This is like a genuine conversation. And they were talking about you know, community and mission and, and the things that they stand for. And they were talking about a couple of different things. And of course, they, they had saw that I was in there, so they you know, um, you're like, oh, Brian, thanks so much for jumping in. And, and I will tell you, I spent the next 10 minutes leading up to my meeting just sharing and having a conversation with them. And I could feel their passion for their project and their community. And other people in the community were unmiking and, and, and making comments and asking questions. And it felt like a team. It felt like people that cared about those that are around them. And, and they weren't asking me to pump the floor or, Brian, how many goats are you going to buy? Because that's what every other project does, right? As soon as I jump into it, Brian, you have to be, you know, mint our project, uh, you know, our thing. And I'll tell you, you know, the artists and the, the founders there at the project, they even said, Brian, even if you don't consider or you don't mint our, our project for your Mint 365, you know, we just want to say thank you for that podcast episode. And, you know, we really do believe that we are a slow burn NFT project that is here to stay. And they shared a little bit about their background, and I ended up looking on my calendar and I moved my meeting, my meeting that I had, uh, I pushed it back 30 minutes. And I spent about another 20 minutes in that Discord channel just having conversation, engaging with this group. And I will tell you, they're real. The, the founders, the, the art, the, the vision, the community, they are all bought in. They are bought in on what's to come. They're bought in on being innovative with derivative projects and adding, you know, uh, female and non-binary uh, representation in the next version of their project. And I could feel how much they cared. And I will tell you, on that Discord, 
I told them, we're going to mint your project for Mint 365. And of course, they were super stoked about that. And, you know, they even had a, a pretty cool little sign off thing. So they made me yell, uh, you know, they wanted to know if I was a moaner or a screamer, uh, which is, hey, I thought it was pretty, a pretty clever way of, of kind of adding a, a, some fun to the Discord. And they had a diff- you, get, you get a different Discord role depending on, on that, that what goes on there. But here's the thing, my friends, like, I love the NFT space for many reasons. And, and the two of the biggest ones is the serendipity that exists. The idea that we can go into a Discord, we can follow someone because we like the same art, and ultimately connect in ways that we never knew were possible online. Most social media channels do not have serendipity. They have a very curated news feed, they have hashtags that you search for, but it's very hard for you to randomly run into someone or connect with someone like we would at an offline event. I believe NFTs open up that serendipity. And the second thing that I love about what NFTs allow us to do is I believe it it allows great people that are doing great things to shine. Now I know you have to you have to deal with the hype and and people want you to you know pay an influencer to pump the project and you you're hoping that just Gary V likes one tweet or whatever that may be. But I firmly believe, and I said this in that slow burn uh, NFT uh, episode, that it comes down to how are you building your culture and how tight is your group of people underneath your NFT project that they, they share your purpose and you have a common passion for what you're all about. I will tell you the tweet, the outreach on the Twitter team there with the, the, the Wild Goat Gang was, was, was legit, right? They, they not only replied to a tweet, but they mentioned the podcast, the, the ep- episode, and what that meant to them. When I jumped in the Discord, they actually did what they had already told me they had done on, on social media. And they also didn't, weren't begging for me to do anything. They weren't even asking me to do anything, right? I actually said, hey, we'll consider your project for our, for our Mint 365. And they said, thank you, but even if you don't, we want to know, we want to tell you thank you, and we want to let you know about our community. That's different. See, to me, they didn't have to write hook. I mentioned this before, right? They jabbed. They did a tweet, their community threw some more jabs, right? They, they followed up to this tweet. When I jumped in the Discord, they jabbed again because they promoted me and celebrated me. They made it about me. And guess what? They didn't even have to ask for me to put them on this project that we're going to have 365 NFTs that we're going to sell at one of the auction houses this November. It's because they showed they cared and they connected the dots. And I will tell you, the project is not minted out yet as of this recording of this podcast, but I am, I I was going to say I'm bullish, but I'm goatish in this project because I believe the founders, the community, listening. I actually even jumped into a Twitter space with them last night and hearing people on Twitter that said, you know, they had an option of multiple different projects and they picked that one to get in and they wouldn't be anywhere else. And listening to people's tone. And I will tell you, so many of them use the word we. Like, we are a great community. We love each other. We are all about it. We believe our Discord is amazing. There's a lot of projects that people are loud about them, but they usually say, yeah, you guys should check out that Discord. It's really, I mean, it's popping off. Or, yeah, this project is great. But when you say we have a great project, it's a sign that your culture and your community is about the collective whole, 
not just trying to get the floor price higher or raising your bags or buying a promotions from an influencer. Because I believe the projects that are doing it that way, just like the project that I turned down, right? I had an offer for 10 ETH to promote two projects. It was going to be about 10 tweets total. And 10 ETH is, a, is some serious dough. But for me, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth, you know, because it wasn't aligned to my mission and my vision. But it's also, you know, for me, I'm happy to promote or, you know, bring on advertisers here. We're going to have some sponsors on the podcast because I do believe by f- the more sponsors we have, the more people that are putting money into this project, the more good that we can make happen. But the things have to align. And there are far too many influencers, far too many big names, far too many circles of people that are just willing to shill or promote anything. And guess what? Yeah, it might work. You might sell out your project on the first day. Yeah, your floor price might go up and those people might flip right out of there and they'll, they'll take their 27 mints that they got and they'll flip them for a profit. But guess what? When you jump into that Discord a month after the mint, it's probably not very active. And if it is, the only thing they're talking about is the floor price. And for those that are talking about the floor price, they just want to get out of it because they probably flipped into it when it was at its height, when it got pumped by all those influencers. Definitely a big shout out to the Wild Goat Gang and that, that team. They did not pay me to promote that. I bought the, the seven goats that I, that I ended up buying for this project. It is 0.08 uh, Ethereum right now. They are minting, so I will put the link there in the show notes. Uh, I believe in the project, uh, much like the West Coast Customs uh, Meta Whips project that I, I talked about a couple of days ago. It's another slow burn project that is building community the right way, that did social equity the right way. And so here's, the, here's where I want to leave you guys with. In many cases, you build up all this social equity, right? But you don't use it at the right time or the right way. Remember, you know, to... to if you really want to get on someone's radar, could be an influencer, could be a project. If you want to get on a whitelist of a project, guess what you should do? You should amplify that project. Talk about how great it is. Jump in the Discord. Care about other people. Amplify them because I have yet to see, I've yet to see a project that didn't see one of their biggest fans in there and not reward them a whitelist. But it's very easy for us to jump into a project, ask for the whitelist, ask for the whitelist, and then jump on Twitter and spread FUD and be like, this project sucks. They wouldn't even give me a whitelist in the Discord. No, it's because you're lazy and you want handouts and you want everyth- everything is about you and you didn't understand the importance of making it about them and making it about us as a collective whole. I truly do believe in amplifying great people that are doing great things and a lot of that's what this comes down to. And lastly, remember, we have to communicate the way that, we, that other people want to communicate us, with us, right? So like for me, like I, and I know when I do this episode that a lot of you are going to reach out to me and I understand and I, and I am very thankful and I try my very best to reply to every single comment, every DM. Uh, I know I'm backlogged on Instagram right now, uh, but I promise I'm getting to all of those uh, unread uh, DMs on, on IG. But I will tell you, if you care, if you amplify this podcast, you write a review for the podcast, if you celebrate what we're doing, if you are active in our Discord and part of this, and you have a project that you're launching, or you have something that you care about, or maybe a project that you're invested in, and you're like, you know what, this is a great project, and you ask me to check it out, guess what I'm going to do? Not only am I going to check it out, but I'm going to go even deeper and spend longer, because you know what? If someone that cares that much about me 
cares about this project, I'm going to do that service back. I'm going to return that favor and I'm going to spend that amount of time making that happen. But remember, there's also kind of a limited supply of that social equity. And so don't waste it on things that don't matter. Far too many people build up that social equity and then ask for a follow on Twitter. I've never seen, ever really, any big name person on Twitter follow someone back because they're guilted or shamed in the doing so. Like I've never, literally never seen that before. Never seen a, a, a project or an influencer that you know, is guilted or shamed into following someone. But you know what they do? is if you're amplifying their project, if you are part of their community, if you understand the importance of what they care about, maybe they have a book launch, maybe they have a podcast that you can leave a review with, all of a sudden they're going to follow you. You're going to be like, I have no idea why they followed me. I can't believe this person followed me. Or I can't believe that, that I finally got acknowledgement from them. It's because you made it about them, not about yourself. So my friends, that's what this is all about. Jab, 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 right hook. Show you care. Go above and beyond to let people know that you care about them. No one will ever say that you care too much. And uh, Decentralized Jen, uh, you know, I know you disagree with me on that, and we're going to have you on the podcast. Uh, that's Jen. who uh, Jen runs the community for Playboy uh, Rabbitars. In my opinion, the very best community manager of all NFT projects. Big shout out to the Playboy Rabbitar community. Uh, but Jen and I are going to have a little discussion on, uh, she thinks sometimes people care too much and they get, um, become a little bit annoying to her. But I don't believe that if people genuinely care, that no anyone will ever say that you care too much. But I do believe it takes effort and time. And if you want someone else to give you their time, the least you could do is give a little bit of your time to them. My name is Brian Fanzo. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. If you love the show, if you love the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. If you have an event or you're working with an association and you want me to come speak uh, to your company, to your brand, to your association, let me know. Uh, we're also doing, we actually have a, a, a package as well. Um, if you want me to do like an ask me anything in your Discord or host a Twitter spaces with your team, um, we have a little package that you can, uh, you can purchase uh, and we can make that happen as well. But um, Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, make it a great day, my friends. Cheers. Go gang! This show is not financial advice, so do your own 